Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Isaiah 55, and look up at the screen, see if you can do both at the same time. My plan, scratch it out, God's plan. Amen? My plan, scratch it out, God's plan. We're going to read a verse here in a second, but I want to ask you something. How many of you have ever gotten in your car, and you went to start it, and it didn't start? And you got mad? Let me see your hand. Be honest. Okay? Whether it was a click-click, or it was a v-v-v, or whatever it was, right? It, it didn't start, and you got mad, and you got to be somewhere. You got to go somewhere. I remember when I used to do that, I used to start my car. I used to get mad. I used to get upset. That, that my car didn't start. And I just remember one time the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly. I don't even remember when it was a long time ago. He said, I'm keeping you from something. I'm keeping you from something right now. And I just, I just sat there, and I waited a few minutes, maybe five, ten, I don't know how long, and I started the car. <sighs> started right back up. There was nothing wrong with the car. And ever since that day, that doesn't always mean the car is always going to start, but the point is... We have to realize that God is in control. And a lot of times, most of the time, when we're wanting him to do something, when we're wanting things to work out a certain way, God's like telling us, hey, that, that's your plan, but I've got a bigger plan. I've got a better plan. I, I, I'm doing something that maybe you don't understand, and I need you to trust me. How about ever driving down the road on the freeway or on a side road, and you need to be somewhere because we never not, don't need to be anywhere. We always got to be somewhere, right, quick, quicker than we get there. We never leave on time and all those different things. And as, as you're doing that and you're, you're going, you see that blockage. You see all those cars up ahead of you. Just happened to me today or yesterday. Just tons of cars ahead. And, and I immediately grab my ways and say, okay, what's, what's, how am I going to get around this? Is Waze going to tell me to stay on the freeway or Waze going to tell me to get off? But before Waze existed, you had to listen to the Holy Spirit, We need to listen to the Holy Spirit a little bit more. And sometimes that road is blocked because he's saving you from something down the road. He's he's keeping you from something. How many are following me? And, And we get in the way of ourselves a lot of times. Listen to what Isaiah 55 says, verses 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can somebody say a big amen? Amen. How many know that's true? Amen? I didn't send any tonight. I didn't send any verses. I did it on purpose tonight. Get us out of habit of looking up there all the time. I should have told you though, Chris. Amen. We need to bring our Bibles still so we, can, so we can look and make sure I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Let me read it to you again. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My, your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. For as, hev- as the heavens are higher than the earth. Now, I'm going to tell you something in a second about the heavens that are higher than the earth because we don't really grasp that. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Father, I ask you to anoint your word tonight. Touch us, speak to us, 
Let this be a word for somebody that will transform them, that will challenge them, that will cause them to trust your will and your plan for our lives and allow us to see beyond what we think should happen. Lord, we have to do our part. We have to make sure we're, we're being diligent in the, what we do. We're, we need to make sure that we're doing our part and being faithful in action, God, because faith without works is dead. But, Lord, we have to, at the end of the day, say, God, you're in control. And you have control over everything. And when things don't work out the way I specifically want them to work out, you're doing something that I can't see. And I trust that in Jesus' name. Everybody said? So I'm going to read it one more time. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. It's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many know that we live on a planet that to us is humongous? It's huge. 25,000 miles to get around the, the world. If I left on a plane right now and got in the plane and flew, and I could stay on a plane for that long, and I wouldn't want to, by the way, but if I could, I would, it would go 25,000 miles to go around the entire planet we live on. That's a lot of miles. Okay? And then you start to think, how, how, how big is that in the grand scheme of the universe? When we begin to talk about the universe, I want you to really grasp this. We can't even fathom in our minds how big that is, and we can't. God did not give us the capacity. He gave us a certain understanding, but we can't only go so far. And I'm going to break that down to you. How many know what a, a, a light year is? Or have heard of a light year at least? Okay, a light year, so, uh, sorry, a speed of light, I meant to say, speed of light. How many know what speed of light is? You've heard of that. We're traveling at the speed of light. Speed of light is traveling at 186,000 miles a second. 186,000 miles a second. What that means is, just close your eyes and open them real quick. Open, close. Do it again. Open, close. That's about a second. What that means is, we just went around the world seven times. That's what the speed of light is. Y'all with me? Let me tell you that again. The speed of light is 186,000 miles a second. I'm trying to give you an understanding of how big God is. And if we open, or close and open our eyes in that one second, we have gone at speed of light around the earth seven times. That's, that's the speed of light. Now, we live in what's called the Milky Way, right? That's the galaxy that we live in. And there are hundreds of billions of galaxies, okay? We live in the Milky Way. Kind of looks like a pancake if you see, if you were to see a picture of the Milky Way. That's our galaxy that we live in. And to travel from one side of the galaxy to the other, we would have to travel. So here's, so speed of light is 186,000 a second, miles a second. A light year is traveling at that 186,000 miles a second, okay? Uh, for, for a year, how, how far do you think you'd go if you traveled from one point straight forward for a year at 186,000 miles a second? Think about it. Can't, our minds can't grasp that. And so, so you think of that, and that's, that, that for a year, traveling at that speed is one light year. The galaxy Milky Way that we, that we live in, it would take 100,000 light years to get across it. Now, how many are lost? You know why we're lost? 
because God made it that way. He wanted us to realize how big he is, how, how immense he is. So when you think about that and you read that verse again and you think, he says, my ways are not, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's amazing. And then that same God who is that far away and that big that created all of that knows our thoughts, knows the thoughts he thinks towards us, knows how many hairs are on our heads, knows everything we're going through, knows everything we're facing, knows every direction that he plans for us to go. Amen. Y'all with me? Jesse, come up here real quick if you would. I want, to, I want to give a quick example just to kind of understand again that how Jesse's over there on that side of the church and he has something, go back further that way, he has something he wants to do. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. You put that there. Something you're believing for, something you're hoping for, uh, something you're praying for, uh, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. You fill in the blank. And Jesse sees it on the other side of the church. He sees it over there. And, and he says, i got to get over there because that's what I want. And it might be what God wants for him. I'm not saying it's not. It might be the thing that he wants for him. It might, God might say, that is my will over there. That wall is my will. But Jesse wants to take the, the least resistant path. Jesse just wants to get from there to there. And he wants to have what he wants. Right? Don't we? We don't want to go off the road and take this, take this, take the uh, detour. We don't want to have to wait in the car when it didn't start. We don't want to have to do all those things. And so Jesse starts going, and God knows everything. And as he's going, you can come a little faster. As he's coming, I'm, I'm God, and I'm saying like this, and, and he gets by me, just go under, around, over, however you want to do. And so then he keeps going. So I come back down again throw another circumstance in front of him and try to push him that way a little bit, and he keeps going that way. And I run over here and try to put another one in front of him, and then I try to put another one in front of him, and he just, he's going to go where he wants to go, and eventually he's going to get where he wants to get. Go ahead. <laughs> but now, now let's come back again. Are you all following me? What is God doing? What are those situations that we don't understand? They're God's hand saying that's not the way because over here, there's a problem. I'm trying to save you from something. I'm trying to save you from some headache. I'm trying to save you from some struggle and some trial. And you think you're going to get there fast going the way you're going, but you're going to take a longer, way, t longer time. I'm trying to slow you down. I'm trying to push you one way or the other. But our free will pushes us past, and we don't listen to that verse. And sometimes we have to sit back and say, God, I don't understand this situation but I'm going to trust you. Amen. Jesse, thank you. That, I know that's kind of a generic example, but how many realize that's, that's God's will is trying to get us to say, no, 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 no. Go a different direction. There's something back there that's going to hurt you. Something back there that's going to delay you more. And we, we say, you know what? I'm going to get there. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take this into my hands. And God's, God eventually says, okay, Go. And we might get there, and it might be what he, want, he wants for us, okay for us, but it's not how we were supposed to get there. 
Because along the way, there were some things he was trying to teach us. And there were some things he was trying to show us. And there was some growth he was trying to give to us. It goes back to that same thing we all know. There's no testimony without a test. You have to have some resistance. You have to have some, some trials in front of you. But it, it doesn't mean that you just, you just go, okay, God, just push me. That's not, the, that's not the case either. Because we're supposed to walk. We're supposed to move. But, but the Bible says that our thoughts are different than his thoughts. And so how I move needs to be how he wants me to move. All of us have questions. All of us say, man, I, I don't get this. I don't, I don't understand why this is happening. You know, when something changes in your plans, so to speak, we, we, we had plans this week and they kind of changed. How many had some plans this week and they changed? Anybody have any kind of plans and they didn't work out the way you planned? You can go, man, that didn't work out the way I want. Or you can say, at the end of the day, God is doing something. And maybe he's saving me from something. Maybe he's keeping me. Maybe the plan that I had on a certain day at a certain place needed to be changed because at that place in that time, something bad was going to happen to me. So I needed to change direction. And, and God in his sovereignty and his will and his love is detouring us a little bit. And we got to get to the place where we do this. We just put our hands up. We just put our hands up, okay? I'm, I'm going to say this a little bit later again too, but that, that's why worship is so powerful. Because when I have my hands in my pocket or I have my hands on the chair or I have my hands together or whatever, I, I'm holding on to something. There's something liberating though about going, God, I ain't got the answer. I, I'm just going to let this go to you. Amen. Somebody will get that later. I'm just going to let this go to you. I'm going to take my... I'm going to release it to you. And, and how many know when we put our hands back on it, that's when trouble happens. When I do things I'm not supposed to do or go places I'm not supposed to go, i got to keep my hands off it. So there's an attitude there of saying, God, I'm, I'm not putting my hand on, on this anymore. I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense, but, but you've got a plan. Now think about this. As I go back to that Milky Way and how big the universe is, sometimes all of us are guilty of thinking, man, I wish... God would, and I've said this a million times in my life, I wish God would, would show me this path a little bit clearer. I wish he'd show me the next step a little clearer. I wish he'd make it a little bit easier. And, and I wish I could, watch this, I wish I could understand God a little better. I know I'm the only one that feels that way. I wish I could understand him a little better. I wish I could, I wish I could get in his mind. I wish I could uh, know his thoughts. I, although Isaiah tells me I can't because his thoughts aren't my thoughts. His ways aren't my ways. But think about this. Have you ever thought about this? As I say that, God, I, I'd like to know what the next step is. I'd like to know what's going to happen. You know how dangerous that of, a, of a question that is anyways? I mean, think about the movies that you see where they do time travel and they mess up the, the whole thing by knowing something. One of the classic movies ever made was Back to the Future. Some, some of y'all have never seen that, and I feel bad for you. You missed that great generation of, of that movie series. I, I, I love one of my favorites. But he, he says, I'm going to go back and just bet on one game. I'm just going to take this out and I can bet on one game. But when you go back and do that, it messes all the things up. And sometimes we, we want to put our hands in the situation. And God says, if you do that, you're going to mess everything that I'm trying to do up in your life. And so we have to get back to this understanding. Watch, I was thinking about this today. What kind of God would he be if he was understandable? 
Stay with me. What kind of God would he be if he was explainable? What kind of God would he be if I could be equal with him? If he, we, want, we want him to be close to us, and he can be, but we, we, we look at it the wrong way, and we think, we think God, I, I want you to come down to my level, and God wants us to take, he wants to take us up to his level of thinking and understanding in the spiritual realm. But what, what kind of God would he be, listen to this, if we could predict where he would go and how he would get there? If, if we really got that, that, that answer to our question of, man, I wish I knew what God was going to do next, what kind of God would he be if he was predictable? Are y'all getting that? Think about it. Do you really want God to be that way? Then he wouldn't be God. There's something about his majesty. There's something about his grandeur. There's something about his unexplainableness and his power that makes him God. That makes him amazing. That makes him able to be worshipped. What kind of God would be he be if we worked, if he worked out of the same small, watch this, if he worked out of the same small and limited view of the world that we have? What kind of God would he be if he could only see like we see? He doesn't see like we see. He sees, the Bible says he sees the end from the beginning. So, are y'all with me? So when we begin to ask these questions, we need to realize that if we really want that to happen, then we can put God in a box and we can make him uh, some size that we can hold or we can, as we've been saying the last few weeks, we can make him that genie in a box that we rub and he comes out and gives us three wishes. That wouldn't be, he wouldn't be God. He'd be a genie. He's not a genie. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's everything you need and everything uh, we, we desire, but he has to stay who he is to be that, not come down to what we want him to be. He would be small. He would be like us. Watch this. What God would it be if he was rivaled by us? What God would he be if, if, if we could get on his level? What God, watch this. This is going to be a good one for somebody. What God would he be if, if, we, if he called into question him and and we had no, no right to doubt him. If, we, if, we could, if he couldn't be doubted, what kind of God would he be? It's, it's, it's the fact that we doubt him that makes him God. Do I have anybody getting this? It's that majestic power of the fact that he's so big that makes him so amazing. And we don't want to lose that. We need to get to the place where we realize that we're small in the grand scheme of things, not in importance, because we're important to God, but in the fact of who God is, he's big. From a vantage point, he's so big we cannot comprehend him. As I said all that stuff about the speed of light, I said it to where you got to a place where you, you, at one point you went, check out. I can't grasp that. It's too much. I, I, that's, too, that's too big. And remember that that one galaxy, the Milky Way, is one of hundreds of billions. Do you realize that that's why God made the universe like that? He made it so big and immense that it was not able to be comprehended. They'll never be able to find the end of it. They'll never be able to understand him. They'll never be able to comprehend him because he's God. 
And that's what makes him God. Amen. Stay with me. So in his wisdom and his knowledge and his plan of eternity from start to finish, we, we have to get to the place. Watch this. We have to get to the place. Say this with me. I have to get to the place where I understand who God is and who I am. What his thoughts are and what my thoughts are and that they're different. And God's not going to change his thoughts for me. He's not going to change his ways for me. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 46. I want everybody to go there in your Bibles. Look at it. Let me, give me an amen when you get there. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. These are some awesome scriptures. Awesome scriptures. Isaiah 46. Because exactly what I'm talking about is exactly what man has tried to do. Man has tried forever to put God on a picture or paint a picture of God. Now we know that there's a, there was an actual physical man that lived on this earth. And there's paintings about him and all that stuff. That's not how we should see God. He's not a man. He became man, but he's not a man. But all these years, we've made these idols. You don't believe that. Go all the way back to the Old Testament. Every time man wasn't around and they didn't have leadership, they made an idol. Moses goes up on the mount to get the Ten Commandments, and they don't know what to do. They said, we got to have something to worship. we got to have something to touch. we got to have something to look at. Let's burn our gold earrings, and let's make a, a golden calf. Because they didn't know what to do without that, that idol in front of them. You with me? We make those idols, but... Our, our, our carnality has to have something to touch and see. But watch what God says in Isaiah 46, verse 4. Even to your old age, I am He. And even to your gray hairs, I will carry you. That ought to make somebody happy. That same God that I just talked about the universe, how big it is, He says He'll carry us. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. Now watch this. Watch, watch how God breaks down what I'm telling you tonight. He says, to whom will you liken me? He's, he's touching the carnality of us. He says, who, who are you going to liken me to and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? Y'all reading this? Who are you going to, what picture are you going to put on the wall? What statue are you going to make? Watch what he says. They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith and he makes it, what? A god. They prostrate themselves. Yes, they worship. Now, stop and look back for that verse again. He's saying here, this is what man does. Man has to have something to see. Something to see. There's a reason why there's so much power in worship because when you're worshiping, you're not looking at anything. You close your eyes, not that you can't worship with them open, but when you close your eyes, you just see darkness, you see black, and you don't see anything else, and you can focus on Him, but you don't see anything because you can't see God the way you think He looks. And we won't know what He looks like until we have a glorified body and we will see Him as He is, the Bible says. So we need to stop trying to figure out what he looks like and know that he's amazing and he's a spirit. He's not a man. 
He's not something that I have to see. Now, I'm not knocking, watch this, I'm not knocking that some churches have crosses and all kinds of different things on the walls, but that's one of the reasons we don't have things to look at in here, because we don't want you looking at a cross or a picture while you're worshiping. We want you looking to the creator of who created those things. We want you to be focused on who God is in this place. Are you with me? You go into some churches around the world, some religions and places, and it's picture, picture, statue, thing, thing, all, all over the place, and you don't know what to worship. That's what God is saying here. He's saying right here, who will you make me like? What will you make me equal to? How will you compare me? You'll make the goldsmith will come and make it a God, and they'll prostrate to him, and they'll worship him. Now watch this. Watch this next verse. They bear it on the shoulder and they carry it. They set it in its place and it stands. From its place it shall not move. Though one cries out to it, yet it cannot answer nor save him out of his trouble. That's what, that's what the problem is when we put a picture to God and not know that God is God. He's so insurmountable. He's so unexplainable. He's so big that I just have to say, God, you are way bigger than me, and I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust your sovereignty. Amen. Are you all still with me? I've seen this verse, these verses right here. I've seen them in Costa Rica with my own eyes. Seen them. Seen processions going down the road where they're carrying the idols on their shoulders, just like this. Unbelievable how God is so wise that he would know people would do that. And they're carrying it on their shoulder, and they got all these uh, idols and all these things, and they take it to the church, and they sit it in there, and they have to protect it to make sure it doesn't fall, and to make sure nobody steals it. That's not God. That's an idol. God is unexplainable. God is unattainable. God is miraculous. God is so big that we'll never understand his greatness. Amen. But we can spend the rest of eternity trying. Amen. Trying to figure out who he is and trying to figure out his will for our lives. But we got to understand that, big, that same great big God sometimes is going to put us on a detour. We have to learn to trust. Am I speaking to anybody but myself? Verse 8. Remember this. And show yourselves men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors. Now watch this. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. God can brag on himself. Declaring, watch this, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not done. Not yet done, saying, my, watch this, if you don't get anything else out of this whole message, get this verse, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish my purpose. I will, he will get it done, with or without us. Amen. He will get it done. His will is going to prevail. I just have to choose to be involved. Say, Lord, let me be on the team. Front of the team, back of the team, middle of the team, I don't care. Just let me be on the team. How many want to be on the team? Amen. I don't care what part I'm in, just let me be on the team. And you're going to win, God, and I know how the book ends. He says, I will accomplish my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, 
the man of counsel from a far country. I have spoken. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. I will do it. Whatever dreams you have tonight, sometimes you have dreams that are for your family. Sometimes you have dreams that are for your job. Sometimes you have dreams that are for your business. Sometimes you have dreams uh, of, of ministry. Sometimes you have dream, all kinds of things. We, All you have to do is say, Lord, I don't know what your plan is, but I want to be in it. I don't know exactly what your will is, but I want to stand in it. And when I'm, going, when I'm going from point A to point B, because how many know God does tell us, that's where I want you to go? There are a lot of times he says, that's where I want you to go, right there. But we see this straight path. And if we could back up out of time, because remember, God is not a God of time. That, that messes us all up. I know it messes me up. He doesn't, he doesn't function in our time frame. Can anybody give me a better amen on that? Is, I mean, be honest. Is God ever on time in our eyes? Never. In our eyes, he's never on time. It's never when we think he's always on time, though. It's just not the way we see it. We say 1159, but God doesn't see a number. That's just our understanding. But we just have to say, God, I know that you're going to accomplish your purpose. And I just want to make sure every day that I'm in the right place. And if I begin to get off and I begin to go a different path and I begin to uh, make my own way, that you draw me back. And listen, sometimes that drawback can be painful. Sometimes that drawback can hurt. That sheep that goes out of the pasture, what does that shepherd do? Breaks his leg. I've had God break my leg a bunch of times. Say, hey, I need you hurt right now because if I don't hurt you, you're going to hurt yourself. And how many know you, how many would rather be hurt by God than by yourself? Remember a couple weeks ago I said, we got enough aches and heartaches and problems in this world without adding our own through disobedience and stubbornness. We need to get to that place and say, God, I, 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 if I need my legs to be broken, break them because I want you to correct me before I make a mess of myself, before I mess this up bad. And make this worse than it already is. Here's another awesome verse. Got a couple to finish. Colossians 1.17. Short and powerful. He is, say he is, before all things. And in him all things consist. Okay, let me read that again. He is before all things and in him all things consist. Now one of the things that we struggle with in our, in our walk with God is this. We struggle with the fact of looking at a world that has struggles and problems and saying, where's God? Where's God when mass violence happens? Where's God in, in Sri Lanka when those churches get blown up? Where's God when babies are being aborted? Where's God? In, and listen, church, we have to understand that when we say that, we're putting God in a box. Because we're acting as if God did those things. Everything that I know about God says he's good. There's no variance in him. He, 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 how many know we change our mind a lot? We change our mind a lot. We, sometimes our minds are so clean because we change them so much. Amen. They're clean. That person's mind's clean because they're changing it all the time. Amen. We don't need to be that way. We, we need to say, God, I need to trust your sovereignty in this situation. And, and I'm going to stand back and say, this is not how I would do this. And God goes, 
Duh. Thank you for realizing that. How many know the quicker we get to that place, the quicker we see victory? God, this isn't how I would have done it. And then God goes, yes, you're in the right place right now. But, but if we go, God, this isn't how I would have done it. And then we go, let me show you how I would have done it. Guess what God will do? Okay, go ahead. But he'll do like I did with Jesse in the beginning. In his grace and his love and his mercy, he'll still. But see, watch the difference. Jesse, come back up here for a second. I want to show you a difference between God kind of trying to, in our free will, push us in the right direction, like I showed you earlier. Okay, he's trying to go somewhere, and I'm trying to veer him this way, and he's trying to get, and I'm trying to kick, kick. Now, that's one thing, but what, what we would have if we didn't have free will is this. could just grab us and say you're you're not going but then he we wouldn't have free will do you see that bad things that happen are not God's fault because God's been trying to push us this way and push us that way and stop it and tell us to do something else and he's been dealing with us and he's been working on us and he's been convicting us and and then he finally says hey I if I if I hold you you don't have free will anymore so I have to let you go and then when you go fall He'll come pick you up. Amen? How many see the difference between guiding and grabbing? What I, I was talking to someone about this this week. What kind of God would he be if he did not give us free will? We would be robots. We'd be robots. Did you know that the reason that God made us was to worship him? That's his main intent in making us. Now, if I was a dictator... And I came into this place, and we were in some country under, under dictatorship, and I told all of you, in dictatorship form, get on your knees and worship me, or I'll kill you. You do it because you don't want to die. But what pleasure would I get out of that? What pleasure would I honestly get out of that as a person that you would get on your knees and worship me because I made you? God says, I want people to worship me because they want to. I want people to worship me because I'm worthy. Because they love me. And then it goes a step further. I want people to worship me in the midst of their trial. Because it's easy to praise and worship when everything's perfect. But when things start to go south, that's why the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because my faith in the midst of a trial, when I go, God, I don't understand this. Does it make sense? What, what are you doing here? It's okay to question and watch. As long as you come back around to the fact that you say, but God, I am questioning you, but you're in control. See the difference? When I don't stay there questioning, I question in my humanity, but then I say, but God, but God, you're ultimately in control. And you know better for me than, than I do. How many parents, good parents, know better for their young people, their kids, than the kids? They know better. But how many young kids don't want to listen to their parents? They don't know nothing. They don't, they're, they're, they're old. They don't understand. Like there's something new in the world. Like this is a different 
totally different world than it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago. Technology is different. Sin's the same. Life's the same. Free will's the same. The universe is the same. And God says, I need you to understand. I've got, I've got a bigger picture. I'm standing out looking at the big picture, seeing the whole thing, and all you're seeing is one piece of the puzzle. And that's where we have to be careful when we're seeing one piece of the puzzle. We get so focused on the one piece. Have you ever been working on something? Let me close with this. You ever been working on something? You know, whether it's, like for me, it'd be some kind of carpentry, some kind of construction, some kind of a, a remodel, some kind of something like that. Not a car, that's for sure. Not a painting. That would be me. You might be working on a painting. You might be working on a, a car. And you're working on it, and you're working on it. And, and after a while, you just cannot get that thing to fix. And the longer you stare at it, and the longer you look at it, the more you think something's going to change. But how many know, I've done this with jobs, I say, you know what, I'm leaving this here, I'm going to come back tomorrow. And when I come back the next day, it goes in right away. Because I have a fresh mind on it, and a fresh perspective. We've got to learn to say, God, I don't, I don't understand this, this situation, but I'm going to pull away I'm going to worship you. I'm going to let, let you be God. Let you be who you are. Because he is. He doesn't stop being God because we don't let him. It just affects us. Y'all realize that? Like he doesn't stop. Nothing we do or say is going to stop him from being who he is. But God says, I need you to line up with my will. And let me give you this last verse. Psalms 90 verse 2. Now there's tons I could have chosen. But it says, before the mountains were brought forth, or even... You had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Amen. Even before the mountains were brought forth. Now it's hard for our minds to understand God before anything. Try that one. Well, who invented God? Try that one. You want to have a headache? Figure that one out. Try to, try to grasp that. Where'd God come from? You can spend your whole life and go to hell over a mystery if you want. You're never going to understand where God came from because he always was. We don't understand what something always is, is. Because God didn't give us that understanding. What he did give us an understanding was that we have a free will to do whatever we want. But he says, if you'll try my way, my ways are better than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I can see ahead of the construction. I can see ahead of the storm. How many of you have ever been driving and you go into a storm? If you pull out that radar, you can see on the radar how big that storm is. God doesn't give us that in the spiritual realm. He doesn't. There's some things in the spiritual realm that he does not give us. But we have to say, God is my radar. And he knows, he, I have to trust that if something goes the wrong way, I say, okay, God, you're in control of this situation, and you see where that storm's going to end. Because how many know it's when you've been in a storm, it's awesome to come out of that storm and have dry road again. When you're driving, I mean, you, you, you might be okay with a little bit of rain for a few minutes, but nobody wants to drive in with rain for very long. You want dry conditions, you want it to be sunny, you want it to be nice and clear, you don't want fog, 
But that's life. Sometimes it's clear. Sometimes it's visible. You, I can see clearly, right? I, can, I got this. But other times there's fog, there's, there's rain, there's snow. And God says, I just need you to trust me that before there was ever mountains, or before I ever formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, I am God. Father, help us tonight with that. Let's give him a praise. Amen. Thank you, God, for who you are. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you that you are God. Lord, I surrender my thoughts to you. I surrender my plans to you, Jesus. I don't understand everything. But I knew I, I do know I've got to do due diligence. I've got to walk out my faith. I can't just sit there and wait for the helicopter to come. I've got to, I gotta walk. I gotta move. I gotta trust. I gotta go. But but sometimes you just you just tell us, I'll be there in a minute, but trust me. Trust me. Trust the situation that down the road it's going to look better. It's going to work itself out. Father, I pray that this has come out the way you wanted it to come out. Father, I pray tonight if there's anybody in this place that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, tonight would be the night of their salvation. Lord, there might be sickness in here. There might be pain. There might be hurts. There might be struggles. There might be financial problems, marital problems, family problems. We know that you're bigger than all those struggles, Lord. How many in this place tonight would be honest with God and say, I don't know the Lord. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And tonight I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Just put your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor. I don't know Jesus tonight. I want to know him. I want to know that he's Lord of my life. I want to know he's my Savior. I want to know he died, he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that tonight. He's got my path worked out. He's got everything laid out for me. He loves me more than I could ever imagine. Amen. If you know that tonight, you have the greatest gift in the world. If you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and defeated death on that, in that grave, you've got the greatest gift. You've got direction. You've got 2020 vision. Because we know how the book's going to end. Amen. Amen. As we go to some worship tonight and some time at the altar, amen, let's, let's I don't know what your situation is. But, but if you're that person like Jesse that's, that's seeing where you're going and and, and you're trying to go past the hand of God, stop tonight and say, Lord, I'm going to stop trying to push my way through this, and I'm going to let you guide me and direct me. Sometimes that bump off to the side is, is God moving you in the direction that he needs you. And you just say, okay, oh, this, okay, this direction, okay, God, until he changes direction in a different way. Amen, trust. He's a big God, but he's not so big that he doesn't know where we're at tonight, which is amazing. Amen. Let's sing a song. Let's open up the altars. Amen. Let's spend some time with God tonight. And as you come, think about those verses. Think about how big and amazing and powerful he is. I need you. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.